0: Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song song podcast about the greatest band of all time. That's right, They Might Be Giants. And today, I'm joined by Mr. Bob Nana of several bands we're going to tell you about in just a second. And he picked the song Erase off of the They Might Be Giants 2015 album, Glean. You
1: and I will be together when we shed our memory. I won't Sweater when I get it off of me
0: Bob, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having
2: me. It's uh, I'm psyched to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I was I was so excited to find out you were a fan. It was kind of in a roundabout way, um, because I ended up sending you a Facebook message, like just asking you. But when Mm -hmm. I saw um, who was it that told me. It might have actually been Mike Park that told me you covered "She's an Angel." <laughs> I don't, Maybe. I don't know some because he was on an episode. Uh, Everything right is wrong again, mm-hmm. and I keep just getting bounced around to other like people I grew up listening to, and and finding out that they're fans, and it's always kind of a surprise to me at first cause, but but the be Giants are a band that kind of don't fit in a narrow category so like i think they appeal to a lot of people but it's not like you know like let's say like i talked to you know if i was able to get like ben folds or something and be like oh of course he's the they might be giants fan it seems like you know there's a lot of overlap in fan base yada yada but then other people i'm you know i'm surprised by like franz (laughs) nikolai and and some uh like hutch harris i talked to from the thermals i'm like yeah i'm like totally i'm like it's amazing to find out uh that you were a fan
2: Yeah, a lot of people, I think, in the early punk rock scene almost had, like when I first started listening to punk rock music or just, I guess, just stuff that wasn't necessarily on the radio at the time, They Might Be Giants was one of those bands that stood out to me because they were very interesting, they were smart, they were kind of funny, and their videos, you know, on 120 Minutes or whatever were weird but like super cool so they they had that like vibe sort of like maybe i'm sorry this cat is just in the way she'll be she'll be she'll be back Um, i just
0: i just took a picture (laughs) but you know they had you
2: know exactly good you know they had sort of a vibe like um i don't know maybe like dead milkman especially back in that back in that era Yeah, yeah where you could get you could be super super you could be a super fan of them whether you liked funk rock music whether you just like pop music or top 40 music whether you didn't even like music <laughs> to be perfectly honest <laughs> but like you were sort of had like oddball interests or something like that it yeah, still yeah. was something that everyone could could get get down with so i'm not i'm not surprised and i i still haven't given you my list of people i know that would probably want to be on the podcast if oh, there are any songs if there are any songs left
0: yeah. <laughs> well, Flood, of course, got scooped up. Those got scooped up real quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can find something. But but yeah, we should talk about that later for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we get into your, the full history of your fandom, let's tell people uh, a little bit about yourself now. Uh, yeah. The first band that I was aware of that you were a member of, and I think most people are, were aware of that you were in, it, is a little band called Braid. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you want to give people the... It's It's hard to say... How much our listeners are going to know about you or not? So, if you sure. got like the Reader's Digest version of uh, <laughs> what what Braid was about, you guys started in the uh, ninety three three ninety three. So yeah, yeah, so
2: how how old were you? Um, in ninety three, I was eighteen, I think.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yes,
2: yeah, eighteen. Um, so I was in a band in high high school called Friction that was able to put out a record i played drums and sang for that band we had enough of a a following that we were able to put out a record and do some touring and basically get our name out for for lack of a you know for Mm -hmm. whatever on the level on that sort of smaller level because of the touring i did with friction i was able to make some connections with some people in uh Champagne, illinois I, i'm in chicago i'm based in chicago yeah um Champagne is about two and a half hours south and it's where the university of illinois is and so that's where i was going to be going to college mm-hmm. and knowing that i was going to be living down there and wanting to start a new band um i was able to connect with a few people um namely roy who was the first drummer of braid and todd who's the bass player of braid mm-hmm. um just say, Hey, I'm coming down there. They, they were sort of familiar with friction in one way or another. Um, let's get together, let's start a band. And so that's how Braid got started in 93 because I graduated high school in 93, which sort of points to how old I I am. (laughs) Um, my birthday is next week though, by the way. Oh, nice. Nice. But, um, right. So, uh, Braid started in 93. Uh, I grad, we were basically, Did a little bit just mostly around town and in Chicago for that first year. After like the second year, when we had this solid lineup of um, myself, Todd Roy and Chris Broach, who was a year younger than me and came to Champagne, then it just went into high gear. And so that's why maybe most people um, are familiar with Braid because between the years, maybe 95 and 2000, we were touring nonstop. So we yeah. toured the U S numerous, numerous times with like get up kids. Um, and we did Canada and Japan and Europe with like Bernie airlines. Like, so we were just out there all the time. And that was the point just to, just to get out there and play just yeah. to yeah, play in front of people and also get better practice and get better.
0: Yeah. I know. I, s- I saw you mostly in Chicago. Uh, I saw th- you guys at the Metro bunch bunch, but, uh maybe at the maybe at the fireside Um, maybe we definitely
2: played there a bunch
0: oh yeah i'm just trying to think of the years and i I definitely saw you at least once in champagne okay uh the guitarist in my high school band, the my the band continued into college we started playing around all of our various college towns sure i i grew up in uh the chicago burbs arlington heights yeah and uh i went to augustana college a small college in rock island mm-hmm. and so we started playing all these various places madison iowa city you know all the big college towns around there yeah. and um we played uh champagne and i know i i there was at least one week and then i had a show down there and then you guys were playing like the next day or something of oh, course cool. I, I at the union maybe i don't maybe. know Maybe
2: yeah they had a show's place called courtyard cafe yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. My band got to play there once we Open for the ghost. You remember the ghost? I do. Yeah, they were good. Yep. S- saw Murder by Death there a couple times too.
2: Yeah, they always, for a while, they brought some good bands in there. I know I had the drive in played there. I think Ghetto Kids played there. Like I said, Braid played there a bunch. Um, yeah, I know Unwed Sailor played. Like I, they, they, they for a while, had a really good um, group of people booking bands there that were, weren't afraid to bring in, like, at the drive-in, who were kind of unknown
0: at the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of this, is kind of a side tangent. I know you. You would have met my sister at one point because she booked. Mm. I think it was. I think it was when you were uh, City on Film, okay. your solo project. She booked at uh, Knox College in Gales. Yeah, I remember. She, she also booked Pedro. Was that the same show? No. No. Okay.
2: No, I've never played with David.
0: Yeah, she booked some good ones, and, and Knox wasn't far from Rock Island. My my wife and I, when we very first started dating, we called it well, maybe not our official first date, but we went to Galesburg to see uh, The Dismemberment Plan. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's great. It That's was cool. on that uh, the Death and Dismemberment Plan they did with Death Cab yeah, for Cutie, okay, yeah. but it was an off night for Death Cab, and so they played Galesburg, so yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That is amazing. Their drummer, I'm blanking on his name. He broke like eight drumsticks. No. and yeah. uh, J- no, no, no. Uh, v- we could look this up, <laughs> but he broke Jason like eight eight drumsticks and ended up having to borrow some from. Whatever the opening really? band was, <laughs> because that dude rim shots like every time he hits. Yeah, the center, he's just. You know what? I
2: guarantee Travis Morrison probably loves. They might be giants.
0: Oh my god! That you know, you can be... sort of tell. I think. Right? Yeah, like some of the vocal stylings and the lyrical sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see drums. Joe Easley. Joe. Jason Cadell is the guitarist, yeah, yeah and then Eric Axelson, one of my favorite bass players, probably of all time, yeah. Okay, so we should play something by Braid, and then we can get sure. to some of your newer projects. Um, and I don't know, as as a drummer, it's hard for me not to not to request that we play New Nathan Detroit's because that is like an iconic drum beat that every. Every kid who played drums that, that listened to you guys like had to learn how to play that. It was like the crazy train for right. <laughs> my age of, of <laughs> drummers. So uh, yeah, so this is off uh, Frame and Canvas, um, which was the last album of the first run of Braid. Uh, so let's listen to new Nathan Detroit's.
1: Yeah. Up something to
0: talk about. You know, let's play something off off of uh, No uh, Coast as well. Okay, what, what do you think? Maybe... Um, what, what what do you think? What what what's your favorite? Obviously, one that you sing. Well,
2: it's it's interesting because do I, I'm thinking like do do I, do I think we should play a song that's. <laughs> works well with erase. Oh, you you got because, one that you could try? Well, like, not, no, no, like not as, really. <laughs> but you know the song, um, like even the song "Bang." I think is because erase is the um, first song on Glean. Yeah, right. Yes, I think so. yes, <laughs> it is. Um, then maybe "Bang" is the one to to play because it has. I, I don't know. There are some twists and turns. I, I mostly sing okay. it. Chris sings some of it, but Okay. I yeah, think I, that would be the
0: one. I love the back and forth stuff. I, I'm a fan of, of bands with multiple lead singers. So yeah, let's 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 play Bang, and this is off the, the reunion LP twenty fourteen. Right. <laughs> Just makes me think. Uh, uh, Mink Car, the first yeah. track is Bangs. Is <laughs> Bangs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got Bangs. No, so Bangs. This is not a cover. It's no. uh, it's not about the hairstyle. Hair. No. It's not about hair. <laughs> That's a great song too. Uh, it is. After Braid stopped the first time around, you formed Hey Mercedes with right? three quarters of Braid. Yeah, and you want to give us a reader's digest of of that band?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, It was in 1999 when Braid, basically, you know how I was saying, we just toured nonstop. It sort of took a toll on our personal relationships. So we decided to basically break up um, and start a new band. Basically, you know, Chris kind of wanted to go in a different direction, wanted to do a new thing. So, like, there was just some internal conflict And so that's why we started Hey Mercedes, which was basically Braid with a different um, guitar player. But you know, doesn't I I don't know. It doesn't sound like Braid totally, if 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 you know, you know.
0: I I think it totally makes sense the way that uh, Frame Frame and Canvas. You guys were. I mean, if you listen to like Braid's, you know, your first record, Mm -hmm. Frankie Welfare Boy, and then you listen to Frame and Canvas. I mean, there's a huge uh, amount of growth in there, and a lot of it is melodically yeah. and you were you were definitely veering towards you know uh, singing popular songs i think and hey mercedes uh was a definite extension of that and you know chris i think wanted to i mean you know i could be wrong with you know with fiber band that he did um or he was doing and then he f- went like full-time in on it right was more um
2: more electronic
0: yeah. Electronic and just, I hate when every emo band is called angular, but it it, it it stayed a little more in that. Um, I don't know. How do you, the emo is such a weird thing no, to describe. I, I, mean, especially I, I agree.
2: <laughs> angular is, is a good way to say it. I, but like the thing with Hey Mercedes is we, um, e- even though frame and canvas was recorded at inner ear in DC at like a, where whatever Fugazi recorded, it was yeah. still recorded really quickly. And um, so, I mean, sonically, maybe it's, it doesn't, I don't know. It leaves a little bit to be desired. And so like when we started Hey Mercedes and we were able to connect with um, Vagrant, we were able, we were given a lot more time and freedom in the studio to make the songs a little more complete and not rush uh-huh. through them. Yeah, um, and yeah. so maybe that was part of it. I mean, with like Frankie welfare board, we just, anytime we had free time, we would go in there and knock out songs. We weren't really even thinking them, thinking of the, a lot of them as actual songs. We were just thinking of uh, parts of an album, but with Hey Mercedes, for sure, we were now thinking about songs. And then we were working with Jay Robbins again, who, um, just as a brilliant producer and arranger and, um, just has an amazing ear for vocal harmonies, especially and guitar yeah. sounds too, and drum. I mean, he's, he's just a genius. But um, yeah, so with Hey Mercedes, we, you know, it's tough to say maybe we were a little more professional, <laughs> but we were at least like really. Well, you're
0: getting older and getting, well, well I mean, you, you know, were more just, sure. we were just.
2: We were caring a little more, sure, I think, yeah. as to what we were putting out and what. Um, tours we were doing, we, we were a little more deliberate when Brady okay, it was just sort yeah. of like, you know, try and hang on to the speeding train.
0: Yeah. Um, just that youthful abandon, you know, you've got that. There's just all that excitement and mm-hmm. you just go, go, go. And maybe, yeah, maybe you, you're not thinking necessarily about um, polishing things up exactly as they should be. Yeah. You just want like, what's the next thing?
2: Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's was a hundred percent what we did all the time. <laughs>
0: So hey Mercedes, you guys had two LPs, right? And I have uh, uh, Every Night Fireworks uh, has a very specific connection for me in that when I was doing my student teaching at Augustana, driving across the river into Iowa to the school I was teaching at, I was listening to that album really all the time. I don't, yeah, I don't know that. That album, and then very sp- specific, also very specifically, uh, I want to play K. Shiraz and K. Okay. Shiraz, uh, the breakdown where Damon goes to the sixteenths on the hi hat yep. and and. Todd is just hitting like those real sparse kind of yeah, staccato notes that drum. sync up yep. perfectly with the kick. That like specific whatever like thirty second section inspired me to like pull it like do that exact trick with the song that I had written for my band. I was like I was like oh Steve is our bass player. I'm like dude we got to do this like you know the bass is like one of those things that's almost most effective when you don't play and then you come back in. Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't appreciate the bass guitar fully. Uh, it depends on the genre. I think, like, yeah. You take the bass away, and people are like, wait, what happened? Oh, there it right is. Right, and then you hear it with the <laughs> kick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's listen to uh, Hey Mercedes, Kesha. that bridge is just like so epic
2: thanks i yeah i feel like we would have i would be uh, we were definitely channeling jimmy world i think uh at that point as well you know what i mean they sort of had had done a lot of that stuff on um clarity
0: yeah and so we were just like yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's so random, but these very little details, like when I started honing in on, like, production elements, the one little thing that I steal from Jimmy at World and do all the time is when, if there's a big snare fill, like, just snare, like, digga, 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 they'll, like, overdub all these tracks of guitar muting where they just... Chicka, chicka, <laughs> I and know, exactly. I, like, I I started noticing that how much they did it. I'm like, oh my god, this. That that's something. Yeah,
2: that's something that we were always super, super aware of. And thank God, Damon. Um, it was so um, very specific with how he did fills. It wasn't just like random at all. Like he had, he knew. We knew exactly the fill he was going to do at a certain time. So if we could play something along with it, yeah. we would do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so his he just had so many distinctive beats. Very, very stylistically identifiable drummer. Like I think if some new band came out and someone's like, Listen to this band and like didn't tell me who the drummer was. Mm-hmm. I feel like like just listening to it and like listening to some of the beats in the style be like, Is that Damon Atkinson? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Definitely a, a yeah. drumming idol for me when I was in college age, especially. Um yeah awesome so let's talk about okay so i i mentioned the city on film yeah you uh i mean 2014 was a big year for you i was looking at your website bobnanda.com and you put out That's a lot right. of stuff in 2014 you put out um a lifted bells EP cp or, or seven inch
2: yeah it wasn't the full record i don't think
0: and then a, a city on film record and the braid record. and the braid reunion lp yep that was a busy year for you, yeah, it was a super busy
2: year um I also got mar- i got fired from my long time job that year I got married that year Man. um i yeah that was it that i remember was a pretty crazy year. The City on film record that came out was sort of directly a re- direct result of me getting fired. <clears throat> because I just yeah. had so much time on my hands and a lot <laughs> to complain about. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. But um, yeah. And then the braid record, obviously we'd been working on for a year or more. Um, so that just sort of like this perfect storm of everything that happens. Um, yeah. That year. Yeah, yeah. Sitting on film was something like I started in 97 or 98 or 99, just, just a sort of a, a thing to keep me occupied when i was home in between tours and doing just acoustic stuff by myself
1: right And then right. so i did
2: a record then and i did another one in 2014 and you know it's still something i i do whether it's called city on film or not i still do play a lot of solo shows
0: sure sure tell us a little bit about lifted bells This, mm-hmm. this this so i've heard you guys a bunch but it's I kept looking around to see. Okay, I know there's members and all these other bands. And I'm looking at the picture, but there's no, like nowhere online. Do you is, are the members listed? I don't know if that's intentional, really? but Wik- Wikipedia doesn't have the members. Your Facebook about section doesn't have the members. Bandcamp. Uh, the Bandcamp credits, I believe, do not have wow. the members on it either. Um, So who the heck is in this band? (laughs) Who is in this band? It's um, uh, me.
2: I just sing for Lifted Bells. Um, It's uh, Matt Frank, plays guitar. He was in uh, There, 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 a band called Loose Lips Sink Shifts. Um, uh, I'm going to forget some of them, of course. Um, Then Matt Jordan plays guitar as well he was in a band called stay ahead of the weather he played in into it over it for a while he's a man called cut teeth um bass player is kyle guybe he was in or he, he is he now plays in the in sincere engineer but he also has a band called dog and wolf that he plays in where it's more just his his thing um and then seth engel was our drummer he he isn't anymore but he his solo thing is called options but he also plays with namdi and Mm -hmm. um a few other bands here in chicago
0: so yeah i was looking on the band camp to verify and yes it does not say who's in the band Sorry uh, about that. but but i'm noticing that you guys recorded it at uh russian recording i yep. lived in bloomington for a decade really uh so you got to hang out with a little bub then well we, did, we never met a little bub what no because he wasn't at the studio or she wasn't at the studio
2: um there were three other cats there i oh, yeah. i yeah. remembered one of them josie who recently passed i think who had no oh, tail no. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was just the sweetest cat ever, and she would just she was the only one that really came into the control room, ever. Um, the other ones oh, yeah. would just sort of hang out in the lounge area. But yeah, I mean, we hung out with Mike a lot, Radosky. but never yeah. got uh, never got. I mean, little Bob isn't just going to be running around like like yeah. he is You know, you got to have some sort of safety you can't yeah, just have her running around there's a lot of she's shit she she's can, got
0: some issues with it, it's health health related things I mean part of what makes her so cute are, are weird Yeah, I mean really they're like birth defects I mean her, her quality of life seems fine and Mike takes good care of her but of it's like um, her unique look is uh, yeah that's um, kind of by you know accident really but also
2: you don't want her just like randomly you know biting on a wire or something at the studio you know what i mean like
0: <laughs> right that's right, just not and you know you can't really <laughs>
2: trust these musicians that come in there and you know want to pick her up or take photos i don't know you gotta be careful i mean she's worth a lot of money
0: uh so l- let's uh let's play uh something off minor tantrums yeah i was uh thinking maybe no one can save us yeah that's do it. all right this is lifted bells
1: Baby reach
0: Okay, so uh, before we segue into they might be giants stuff, any any last things or new stuff going on you want to share with uh, with the people?
2: Um, I am starting a new band. Like even like King Mercedes did some recent shows. Um, Braid hasn't done many recent shows, but we we might still do some coming up. You know, all those things are sort of like evergreen for lack of a better word but True. um yeah uh lifted bells is sort of taking a break now so i've been starting a newer band playing music with uh matt from lifted bells and my friend dustin uh dustin courier who was also in cut teeth played in the felix culpa for a while uh, yeah. Um, yeah i remember those guys yeah so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's what i've been up to Sweet. recently or, yeah yeah
0: so working towards a, a first record,
2: yeah, haven't recorded yet. I mean, we've only really been playing for the past month, month and a half. But, oh, but it's basically it's basically I've had I have a ton of um, guitar parts, guitar ideas, lyric. I, I just have a backlog of stuff where I was just like, I can't wait around. I need to get this stuff out now.
0: Hmm. So. Man, yeah, I wish I could crank out songs like that. And just doing this They Might Be Giants podcast, I'm just like, man, my output is so low. Nah. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, lyrically, I just make my wife write all our lyrics. Sure. Her, uh, outdoor Valor And the other band I'm in, We have all three of us have been frontmen. So all three of us write songs. So it's not fully on me for that. So that helps. Got it. Um, yeah. Our new EP is coming out tomorrow. Oh, nice but we'll have already come out by the time this airs. Yes. Got
2: it. So, yeah. And by the way, uh, yeah. my birthday went great because it's next yeah. week. So probably maybe, yeah, it, it was real, a lot of fun. Thank you for all of the gifts you sent.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Gifts um, with a T. Yeah. Not yeah. gifts. Gifts.
0: Yeah. Those, those, you can't buy shit with gifts. No. Uh, not yet. Uh, not, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, Let's get into it then. Do it. So, when do you have a recollection of when you first heard they might be giants? Like, what was it that you first heard? What drew you uh, to the band?
2: Um, it was definitely MTV. It was definitely 120 minutes. I think they might have even like co or like hosted 120 minutes for one show or something like that. That I they really did, they did that I remember. And they just had, I I don't know, I was just immediately drawn to them because it was definitely Lincoln. It was definitely the album Lincoln. I think it was um, Anna Ng for sure might have been the first video I saw. Mm -hmm. That just made me just be like, this is the weirdest, craziest shit I've ever heard. And it's like amazing. (laughs) Um, And being at that point in time, probably... I guess I was probably a freshman in high school. What's what year did Lincoln come out?
0: Uh, Eighty-eight.
2: Okay, so yeah, I was before. That's before high school, so I was in grade school. But it was probably you know it was definitely around the time when I was getting into punk rock or at least like like you know stuff that wasn't top forty, right? Or metal. I was kind of into metal at the time, but like nice. you know. Even like being into metal, you would see this band and be like, this is really, really interesting stuff. It wasn't, definitely wasn't like commercial. It wasn't, you know, something that everybody in the class is going to know and love. This is something that you can cherish for yourself or maybe you and your like group of friends.
1: Mm-hmm. And so,
2: like, when I remember then going to high school, you know, you immediately sort of zero in on the people that you think are going to know. They might be Giants or Fugazi or. <laughs> pixies or something like that and yeah. then you can sit and talk with them about it but i was definitely hearing i definitely bought the lincoln cassette um once i heard anna ing and then um then i then i went back and listened to the first record uh and got in got into that too and then when flood when flood came out i was already like on board
0: yeah okay so you were a fan pre-flood so that's uh that's a, a little feather in your cap there because uh, I, uh, I gotta have something. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine like seeing them pre Flood. I got I got into them uh Apollo eighteen was the new album. Yeah. I got into I, did, I I didn't see
2: them play until um what was John Henry after Apollo eighteen?
0: Yeah, because that was the first uh, full band uh, era. So okay. Apollo Team was 92, John Henry was 94. Yeah, I think I saw
2: them on the John Henry tour. It was the first time I saw them play. And they nice. they did a few songs by themselves, and then they had the full band with them. Mm, yeah.
0: Cool. And
2: Frank Black opened. Oh, It was at the Vic here. I can figure out what date it is, what date that was. Anyway. Oh.
0: Anyways. if you want to yeah the wiki i don't know if you've ever been to tmbw oh do they have Net. all the shows listed <laughs> yeah mike park actually helped me fill in a date that wasn't on there from like 88 he's like oh there was the show in wherever california and uh we added it to the, the i know a guy at the wiki and he added it to the to um, the dates amazing yeah i see i yeah i'm looking
2: right now uh, between 89 and 95 i kept track of every single show i went to oh wow um, but the problem is here I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the um, it I scanned this was like I literally did this on a typewriter.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean
2: or or whatever so I scanned nice. I scanned it
0: nice. so I, so I
2: can't search.
0: So this is ninety four or ninety five It in Chicago.
2: Yeah, it was at the Vic. It, well, I don't know if it, I, uh, that's what I'm guessing. When it was, but the um, this list I have is between eighty nine and ninety five.
0: So okay. okay, they played the Vic on November seventh and November eighth of nineteen
2: ninety four. Oh yeah, November eighth. Yeah, so um, the day before Braid played live on W E F T and Champagne. And then 11 yeah 11/8 they might be the Giants and Frank Black at the Vic. And nice. then um on the 11th I saw Los Crudos and Captain Jazz at the Fireside Bowl.
0: Fantastic.
2: <laughs> that was it. So that what was that, 94?
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: So that yeah. was the, that was the one that was the only time I've seen him. I haven't seen him since
0: live. Mm. You should. Their current lineup, I mean, it's the lineup they've had since the early 2000s, is incredible. I bet. Marty, their drummer, and Danny, their bass player, and Dan Miller has been in since the late 90s. All just fantastic. So, that, Because they went through a bunch of transition period you know, throughout the 90s when they were trying out different people come and go in the backing band. But they've had the same band for, I think, by the time Marty joined, it would be, it's going on like 18 years. So they're pretty locked in at this point. Um, um, even though those guys are still considered like oh the new guy sure <laughs> it's crazy um but there is a frank black connection to a race there is do you know do you know what i mean no you don't know i me. don't there was a music a fan music video contest for this song okay and frank black judged and picked the winners oh
2: really because i yeah. i um can you watch
0: all those videos?
2: I, I watched yep. one video that was like a bunch of sim, a lot of symbols.
0: Yeah, oh, that's there. the official. That's the official one. So if you go oh, to that's the uh, one I if watched. you search if you search a race, uh, and we can talk about these too. If you, I mean, I can cut out any kind of dead air if you want to watch a little bit of of the top three that Frank Black picked. So if you search a race on the wiki. Um, Yeah, so on January 20th, 2015, the band announced a fan-made video. Oh, and this was the first song to come out of the Dial-A-Song batch of 2015. Right, They, They released the song every Tuesday in 2015. And so right after the song came out, this was with the very first one, January 5th. And then on the 20th, they announced this contest, and Frank Black served as the judge. So if you look down near the bottom, it has contest winner number one is let's see.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking on um, YouTube and I see one by Jordan Whipple.
0: Jordan Whipple was the, was the top pick. Yeah. And this one is pretty cool. It's just like a whole dance routine that goes along with the song. It's really, really, really fun. Uh, Yeah. That's a cool one. And, they obviously have a lot of fans who are very good filmmakers. Cause these contests, it's not like people sending in like some sock puppet thing, you know, no. it's like legit stuff. Yeah. Um, concert winner. Number two was Paul. Go- uh, yeah. Gugliel, yeah, Christina, Christina yeah Bryan. Bryant. I like how that one starts out. Like it's showing the, the computer with like the erase, uh, Screensaver and then moogle I don't know what the, and it's like a dating site thing that, cool. and that's pretty hilarious too people like all these people that have dorky hobbies i guess stuff that might turn people off on a dating site like there's a guy doing like magic tricks and there's a guy that's like oh i'm a clown part-time or whatever it's pretty funny nice uh <clears throat> and then the third one the third one actually the guy that did this one he later won uh, uh one of the contests so he came in third on this one. His name is Victor Fitzsimmons. Yeah, I see it here. Yeah, it's this line drawing. It's really cool and wiggly. Yeah. Reminds me of like Dr. Katz or home movies or something. Sure, sure. Um, he found me on Twitter. Really? And is going to be on the episode for the the song that he won, that he won the video contest for was It Said Something, mm. which I believe is on Foam Power as well. So... Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I can talk. That's to people really like, cool. That have different sort of connections to the giants. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 pretty fun when uh, you can search a song and be able to see so many different music videos that are all awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the official one, Paul uh, Sa. How do you pronounce the name? Sare? Sa. Sorry, S A H R E. Uh, and some of the, the graphics, like all the shapes and stuff, it translates text into color gradients. Hmm. So it's some sort of like algorithm or something that created at least partially created that music video. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's cool. Let's get to the actual song. Sure. So tell me, why did you pick a race? Well,
2: um, I, I also do a podcast, um, where I just, try, I try and well, I try, I do, I pick five songs that came out in within the previous week and just sort of highlight them, talk about them, whatever, make people okay. aware of them. It's a new music, new podcast. music podcast. Yeah. And it's an easy way for me to then keep up with new music. And so every, um, now for every Friday, when, there you know are a bunch of new releases i'll look at the list of new releases and listen to if there's something i know i will listen or like i've heard of i'll listen to most of the record so when uh mm-hmm. when it's happened since i've been doing this that like what's the show it's, called it's well it's just it's on the downright it's on get downright podcast okay um so when the new They Might Be Giants record comes out, I'll always listen to it. Um, my um, A good friend of mine, his name is Brian Shortall. He's an actor now in L.A. He and I, in high school, were pretty much best friends and were super fans, basically, of, of They Might Be Giants. Mm-hmm. So he hit me up um, uh, specifically about the song Erase when it came out. Um, a few years ago and you know I, he's in LA I don't talk to him as much just to be like you need to hear this song it's like one of their best songs honestly and you know he's not he's not one for hyperbole especially when we've got yeah. you know we've been there for so long you know enjoying all their music so I did listen to it and um, I remember very specifically listening to it in the car and this when this happens when what when, when I'm going to explain happens it's like definitely something like it's something that i remember i remember when i always remember when i listen to a song for the first time and then when it's over i'll say something out loud like oh my god that was amazing or like i'm just like well that was incredible because so (laughs) often because i'm listening to so much new music every week a lot of it just is like it's fine but it's just like weirdly fleeting ethereal stuff that like i just there's not a ton to grab on to sometimes it's like lyrics i either can't relate to or can't understand or mm-hmm. music that just isn't very exciting for me so what's amazing about erase um is that it has i mean you could probably say it's about most famous chinese songs if not all of them they're just so both the lyrics and the music and the vocal melody it's all perfect and so it it just is it appealed to my rock music sensibility Mm -hmm. quote-unquote history especially with braid because of this the breaks in the song
0: they like to stop bump, stops and starts. Bump, yeah.
2: Bump, which is like ingrained into my head as like just the coolest thing that bands <clears throat> can do when they're just like lock in on stuff like that.
0: Um And then uh, it uh it is a very rock heavy. It's like, cause they do a lot a of different styles, but to hear the guitars as prominent as they are and so distorted is not something you get in every day. My might be giant
2: No. And the other thing is it's, and look, again, this is I could say the same thing about a lot of the American giant song it's succinct. there's not any wasted time. there's no like long jammy bridge. there's nothing you have no time to catch your breath, and then it's over, and it ends Less like than quickly. three
0: minutes mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and it ends it ends like abruptly, which makes again that's another um, aspect of the song that made me go like, "Whoa, what just happened? gotta have to listen to it again, and then you know, it's like it immediately, um, you're immediately attracted to the song. And then when you go back, then you can listen to all of the little nuances that you might've missed and, and then really start to dig in and enjoy the song because you had no time to really do that the first time you heard it because it just ha- all happens so fast. And there's so many lyrics. Yeah. So that's
0: why, uh, that's why I chose yeah. this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, really fucking rocking song mm-hmm. and the what jumped out to me i i mean i think pretty much immediately from the first listen is how difficult the vocal melody is because it 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 synced up rhythmically with the guitars pretty much exactly at least in the verses right and the there's all these big jumps
1: yeah
0: like there's all these huge leaps. So Linnell pulls it off perfectly. He is such a great vocalist. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's just a melodic genius. And he's not like a guy that, I mean, like most of probably your favorite singers and mine. they're not going to like win American Idol if they were yeah, he's not or, the crooning. Voice or He's not crooning. But their melodic prowess and his pitch is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a hard song to sing. Yeah. And it's, you know it's funny that
2: you bring up that the, the the vocal melody is kind of tough it's weird because at parts it's not very it's just like da, na, 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 na. like so it it's just like into, two yeah. notes two notes two notes but again it's just sort of like speaks to his precision mm-hmm. like with pitch and it's not like you know they've been doing this before. Auto tune was a thing, so they're not like auto tuning his voice. <laughs> yeah, maybe they right. are, but it doesn't matter. He could do that. He can hit those notes consistently. I
0: think it's it's. I think it's probably pretty important and probably a conscious decision to make the melody. Uh, give the melody smaller and less movement in that B section Mm -hmm. because there was so much jumping around in the A section. So it kind of gives you a little reprieve from these crazy ups and downs, you know, kind of smooths out for a minute. The guitars, you know, go through in eighth notes, you know, and then when the starts and stops come back, the crazy vocal jumps. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I guess, you know, in, in this small portion of time, that's, Apart when you can take your take a breath, I suppose during the yeah. during that section.
0: Hey, you know what? This seems like a good time for uh, I, I want to show you him singing it live early on. There's a, a clip from January. I'm not sure if it was the debut, but it's in New York, so it might be the debut of this song. Uh, the month it came out. Do you want me to send this to you on I Facebook th- Messenger? Think or, I, s- or, is it, I think I might see
2: it here. It's a January 25th, 2015
0: yes uh yeah it says erase parentheses new song yeah Yeah, the user heather goo (laughs) uploaded this and it's a pretty decent sounding uh video Mm -hmm. with a big focus on on linnell did you watch this i have not here why don't you just take a peek real quick watch like the first minute or so
1: Brand new songs that we're going to be performing tonight. Brand new songs, John. From our brand new Dallas song service.
2: Um, you ready for this, John? Yes. This song is called Erase.
0: The coffee cup being so prominent in the Uh, just, like, sums up they might be giants perfectly. (laughs) And he's always got that, always. I just saw them a year ago, and he's always got coffee. It it makes me nervous. It's right on the side of the keyboard. It's literally on the keyboard, like, on the little, like, right next to the keys. (laughs) But he's got a real sturdy table. Well, maybe there's a little holder, like uh, a
2: cup holder, because it looks like it's straight up.
0: yeah (laughs) but i you know he hopefully he tours with a backup uh keyboard just in case but yeah (laughs) you never see beer bottles out on the stage with these guys i don't think any of the members there's there's a lot of coffee around though (laughs) yeah i might say something about their longevity yeah they're caffeinated not drunk yeah he nails it it's a brand new song there, and And i'll say this right on it i'm gonna i'm gonna stop it now but like yeah if
2: i were in they might be giants. Uh, and wrote that song. I would, because I'm so conscious of singing my voice and stuff. And that is a tough song to sing so many words. Like there's no, like if your voice is like strained or anything like that. And I saw that coming up next on like a set list, I would be like, Oh God, no. (laughs) As a toy. he never stops singing. No. On the
0: song. You, you'd want to put it early in the set. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go first because you need a warm up. Mm-hmm. You got a couple warm up songs and then hit it before you get too tired. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, right? Yeah. So let's uh w- let's talk about the lyrics then specifically. Yeah. We keep we keep alluding to them and not really talking sure. about them. Um it's th- <laughs> the 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 cleverness of the lyrics and and the the outright the, the might be giants are just so funny to me. And this is what a lot of my um, guests talk about how they're not like, we get offended when people think they're like a joke band or like a silly band, but they do have a sense of humor, even of in the darkest of darkest of songs. Right. And right off the bat, you and I will be together when we shed our memory. So that, that's an interesting line. But then right away, I won't wear an orange sweater when I get it off of me, yeah. like this is such an odd line. It's like, I won't wear an orange sweater. Oh wait, I am wearing one. Let me take it. Off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> such a funny line.
2: Yeah, it is like, and, and I, what's amazing about they might be giants. And I guess specific, more specifically John Linnell songs is there always seems to be like a puzzle that needs to be solved. Cause the lyrics are usually dense enough that you, on first listen, you kind of don't know what he's talking about or right. like you can uh, you know, uh, imagine some of the pictures he's painting, like the diver and the mermaid's arms or the box and the bus. But then like when um, after the end and you realize, oh, you know, these are things like kind of being erased in the song. Then you like then that first line makes a little more sense. You and I will be together when we shed our memory, like Mm -hmm. which. So I did not look at any um, other people's interpretations of the song up until like literally ten minutes before we were. Kind of like I was like, huh. I wonder what other people think about it. I definitely got the impression that this was some sort of um, like. I so it's it's funny. I um, was talking about 2014 when I got married. I just got divorced.
0: Oh, sorry, it's okay.
2: But um, I really can't identify with the, you know, you and I be together when we shed our memory. But like the idea of wishing that you could just erase things with like the press of a button. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then but not having it's not having it be this like harsh life changing moment and having it be more like something as simple as like someone taking a box or like uh, uh, people on the bus leaving town being erased from town but also like the lights going off it all it doesn't none of it really seems very harsh like even just Mm -hmm. like the deep sea diver falling into the mermaid's arms obviously it's a diver dying but it's yeah. not harsh it's not a harsh way of erasing something and so like that's what i really took away from the song of meaning wise like um being able to just hit a button and have things being erased but not thinking of it as something necessarily terrible just something like you know what does he say like think of things Think of this as um, think of this as correct what is it, correcting things that shouldn't have occurred or something like that. Uh,
0: let's see. And then don't call
2: it strangulation. Like think think of this as solving problems. Think of this mm-hmm. as solving problems that should have not ever occurred. Yeah, don't yeah. call it strangulation. Which is like uh, I, it's it's like beautiful in in, yeah. <laughs> in, in that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's almost like just wishing you made a different choice, or or maybe not being necessarily upset that stuff happened. You just want to have to not think about it all the time anymore.
2: Exactly. When I was looking at um, some of the other interpretations, someone brought up like a, it was like being like it uh, like an um like a suicide, like mm. about suicide. I didn't get that really. I definitely see it as more of like a relationship that has ended. But I mean, there's definitely allusions to like killing, <laughs> you know, like murdering <laughs> yeah, and yeah. <laughs> mercy killing and stuff.
0: But it gets darker towards the end. Yeah. yeah. Button, button, marked erase. When darlings must be murdered. Right. When your heartbreak overrides the very thing you cannot face. The skeletons that won't stay down. The mercy kill that can't be drowned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I su- and it's such a poppy song. That's just the genius of it. Yeah. Head exactly. Heads. And then I'd like to think that the next part, where he starts just singing certain words of the verses, is I'd like to think it's intentional that he's intentionally erasing some of the words yeah. of the song. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: Uh, box sidewalk.
2: Yeah, I mean that when, when you start realizing that that's what's happening, you're just like, well, they just put it, brought it to another level here. It's yeah. it's really incredible. It kind of reminds me. That part reminded me originally of "Dinner Bell," the song "Dinner yeah. Bell," because it's like uh, knuckle, palm, whatever, yeah. like, <laughs> like kind of like words. But um, yeah, when you realize he's like literally erasing words from that section, it's just like—I I mean, clearly, it's I, so I, I imagine—I imagine John Linnell like sitting and. Thinking like thinking of that as an idea and just being like, Mm-hmm, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Because like, yeah, yeah, such a cle- he's obviously such a clever, brilliant guy, but yet he can yeah. still like be like, Okay, I've got all of these um, you know uh, things that are being erased in the lyrics, like maybe we just erase some lyrics. We, yeah. we we like hammer this part that everyone knows now by the whatever that's like the third or fourth time it happens in the song. Put right. one box right. on the sidewalk. And then just erase some of the lyrics. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it would make no sense if you put it earlier in the song. No, be you wouldn't even know what it was, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably my favorite part of the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty great. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to scan through the interpretations as well. I see the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind.
2: Right. I mean uh, I get it. Connection. I mean that's that's like I mean that's basically sort of I mean they were talking about the orange sweater being like a prison outfit mm-hmm. as well. Hmm. I don't I mean it's weird. This is what's great about They Might Be Giant songs is you can take like one line like that that for me yeah. didn't resonate as much as all of the things being erased and like the um, uh, relationship business being sort of dealt with and forgotten or something like that, but um, it's it's cool with any of his songs to be like, oh, well, what is this orange sweater? Like, and I was right. and so made me think about Anna Ng and you know, I remember listening to people talk about that being about like um, the Kennedy assassination. Is that? Is that? You know, sort of like I,
0: yeah, I, I have do you remember heard people yeah, talk seen about people that? Say that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and just being like,
0: <laughs> it's pretty out there. But you can be like, okay. But well, I, I mean, see it makes that.
2: sense, I suppose. Like, if you think about, you know, make a hole with a gun and like exit wound into foreign nation, and I, I don't,
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, but also, yeah, it's yeah. sort of
2: like then who's Anna Ing? If you right. know, like,
0: you're ignoring a main the the chorus of the song.
2: <laughs> I know, but the, we we can sit and like drink yeah. coffee or have a beer or whiskey or whatever, go on a roller coaster and talk about like um, who Anna Ing is in the scenario of this like uh, assassination mystery. Because yeah, the second verse is right. like who was there when the storm sang out? Like who was at the DuPont pavilion? Why was the bed uh-huh. still worn? There's a huge right. mystery here, but then like, who the fuck is Anna Haine? And why? Yeah. And, and so like, it, yeah, all this. like the, the course makes it seem like it's a love song, but it's clearly yeah, not. Yeah, that's
0: that 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 that's a pretty special episode. I think that ended up at number five or six on this podcast because uh, my friend Patrick is on that, and he is the guy that is single handedly, other than me seeing them on Tiny teens previously, he's the guy that really got me oh, into. Okay. They might be giants. Uh, he he's he's still living in Chicago. So let's see. Did we to get back it- on topic? Did we wrap up the lyrical section at least about talking? We get to all the lyrical things, I think we pretty well covered it,
2: yeah, I think so, I think so. I mean, I, again, it's just when I first heard the song and you hear the lyrics, it's immediately like, I mean this might sound negative, but it's not surprising in any way, like when i I, I love the song, but like I knew. Once it when it started, you know, I, it's just like, oh, this is obviously going to be, like, John Linnell, being John Linnell, and Danny Giants, like, you know, nailing this um, two-minute song, and I, I, I guess, I get, but what I'm saying is it sort of, like, perfectly encapsulates what they do best, or, like, what I think they do, but what I'm so drawn to about them.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a reason that they... <laughs> That it was the first song of 52 songs. It was the first one they released that year mm-hmm. and then became the first track on Glean. Uh, so obviously, they think it's a pretty good song <laughs> themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They recognize that definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a showcase for the guitarists as well. And the recording, according to the credits tab, there's no keyboard on it. It Didn't it kind of look like in the video that Linnell was playing something? I mean, you couldn't I see his hands. I that. He was. Yes. Yeah. I'd I so, seem like he was. What else is he doing? Checking his email? I mean,. Get, well, singing. I mean, but maybe because on the yeah. credits, the credits it just has him listed as uh, lead vocal, and then he does his own backing vocal. Oh wait, hold on a second. I'm missing it. It's right there. Keyboard. There's is, there's is keyboards, but it's definitely one of those where. Oh yeah, in the bridge you can hear it a little bit, but it's one that um, the keyboards not the focus. Yeah, so it's really it, good. It's 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 kind of cool to hear because they'll have songs where. You'll come across that songs uh, that I don't even realize one of the Johns isn't even on. Really? Like you'll go to one that's like a keyboard heavy song and you'll click over and to the credits and be like, Oh, the guitar's Dan Miller and wait, where's Flansburg? Up, oh, he's not on that track. Yeah. That's a that's a weird thing. Uh they're, you yeah. But but they're you know, they're such a well oiled unit and
2: you know, such great friends and um collaborators that yeah that happens all the time i bet
0: <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think there's any ego in there like no, well, th- this song only needs this song only needs one guitar part dan's gonna play and it i'm sure john that's, that's is cool with that yeah the, the one thing that i've that i still kind of question sometimes is how they harmonize themselves like to me it seems like if Flansburgh, like the the different you know, timbres of their voices. I like when they harmonize together, but typically they'll harmonize. If it's just like a tight harmony, uh, outlining the melody, they'll just do it themselves. If it's a back and forth thing, they'll both get on there, yeah. but they'll typically harmonize themselves. I don't know if you noticed that. Cause that that happens in this song as well.
2: Yeah. It might, have, it might be, uh, it seems like at least John and I, again, I very, very meticulous about all of that stuff. So, It probably is just, it probably, it just needs to sound like one cohesive unit. He's the one that wrote, you know, wrote the vocal harmony. So he's the one that can execute it best and probably most efficiently. And then it just will sound the best as well. But yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, that just makes, yeah, that makes me think, um, it, it just points to their, like, meticulousness of execution, whether it's in writing the melody or recording the song.
0: hmm Right, right. Yeah, here's what's best for the song. Mm-hmm. The person who does it is not the most important thing. It's what's going to end up sounding ah. the best on the record. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Should we move on to the small covers section of the episode? Yes. Are you ready for an eight bit cover of a race? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it sounds like this guy did the entire Glean album. It's called Glean Chipped. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see here. Wow. Max Max Dembski. And this is the song was only six months old when he did yeah. this. So yeah. Alright, here we go. I'm gonna play it now. Check it out.
2: Love that drum sound.
0: Yeah. was like one note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you really notice the vocal melody how Yeah. Like how i was saying the verses are all over the place and it yeah. kind of straightens out a little bit. I mean it straightens out a lot to where it gets to just one note in that part. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I love that chiptune stuff, but but sometimes when it's when it's instrumental. I like chip tune that has vocals over it or something cuz once you take away the lyrics you're missing a big element of the song and also just when you you keep hearing the same melody come back mm-hmm. it doesn't have different words so it it makes pretty much any song sound more repetitive than it should Right right it's funny it w- it, that like
2: we forgot that like that put one box on the side it's one note <laughs> yeah put one <laughs> box on the side well, and then return with
0: the next ten.
2: So, yeah, hearing an 8-bit <laughs> is a sort of like, dude dude do, 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 do.
0: <laughs> It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and then this next one. So, that is the only proper cover. Mm. But I found this very interesting. Cover? Yes, I found this very interesting thing on SoundCloud. Let me pop this over to you. Mm-hmm. okay so this guy here okay on soundcloud let's see the username is yeah and before you listen to it let's, let's read this description here okay so ratmos is the artist yes, see. and uh one of my favorite bands of all time is they might be giant so i was pretty psyched when i heard they were releasing a new song every week in 2015 as part of their dial-a-song project yep. then i noticed they were also releasing the lyrics to these songs a day before oh. they released the audio This gave me an idea. What if I took the lyrics and tried to write my own version of the song based solely on the words? Yeah, and he did, like, a ton of these. I'm not sure if he did all of them. But so what he's doing is he has the lyrics, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure, like, if the song came out the next day, but he was, like, intentionally not listening to the song, writing his own song around John Linnell's lyric here. So go ahead and listen to that because there's some parts where – he almost nails it. You can tell he's listened to a lot of them. They Might Be Giants. Yeah, and but obviously it's very different. So check out a little bit All of right, this. Awesome.
1: You and I will be together when we shed our memory. I won't wear an orange sweater when I get it off of me. Oh, man. someday is it Always will have been the case When you're ever searching finger Finds the button marked erase
2: Yeah, I mean, there's like... she sort of nailed this part. At least.
0: Erase. Yeah, like he straightens out the melody. Finger like a deep
1: button
0: so, the verses are way different, but yeah. he almost gets the yeah. B section is like surprisingly on with what ended up coming out. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, especially yeah, that's, that's an interesting project. Oh, wait. No, he cheated on this one. I, I hit read more. It says, I'd already heard team bg's a race before i started this project oh. i guess he hadn't decided to do the project yet so my take on the lyrics was biased by that a little this probably led to mine being the same tempo put this one box has the same rhythm okay i feel like this one was pretty hard because there are so many lyrics with slight changes and it was hard for me to get away from the bias of already having heard right. the original piece still still fun but i guess if you skip through more I don't know if he did all 52 of those songs, but uh, still, pretty, pretty fun idea. It's kind of like it makes me think of. Um, are you familiar with the uh, Mermaid Avenue?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. They where they took um Woody Guthrie's.
0: Yeah. So just getting a sheet of lyrics, especially the lyrics of someone you really like and admire, and then. Being like I don't know what this was supposed to sound like. I'm gonna make my own song and just yeah. use those lyrics, man. It's uh, so so it's, it's kind of like that's an interesting idea. I've never done such a thing, but um, there was cool a there was idea. A,
2: uh, there was a it might have been a a podcast or a webcast. It might be called Blind Covers, where hmm. they did like somebody did a Braid song on it. <laughs> Someone did Kill Me on camera, never hearing the the Braid song. I think they might have only had the lyrics. Yeah. I think it's called Blind Covers. That's... uh... So it's sort of like the same thing. Let's see if I can find it. That's a fun idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, man, I would love it if I could just take someone else's lyrics and be like, hey, I wrote a song because lyrics are the hardest thing for me. Yeah. (laughs) So, Okay. I mean that I mean pretty much we're to the end of the show I think. Okay. We're cuz yeah that's it on the covers. Let's uh Great. let's go ahead and score this song. So Oh, right. Yeah. So there's so many songs, so many albums. Uh this is a newer one at least as far as yeah. we're concerned. We've been fans for a long time. How would you score this keeping in mind like your favorite songs? Where would this stack up? 1 to 10, you can use decimals.
2: Okay. Um, because it hit me in a way that I find special and doesn't happen that often, I need to think about what other they might be giant songs hit me in that particular way, mm-hmm. like Anna Hing or Don't Let's Start or She's an Angel or, um, Birdhouse in Your Soul. Like, so... I have to go. I'm going to go 8.5. Okay. That's still pretty high. Yeah. No, it's high. Yeah. It's very high. Because, I again, it makes me think, like, what songs would be 10s? Um, And I can maybe think of a few, mm-hmm. like, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, I think dead is probably a 10 to yeah, me, uh-huh. um, birdhouse in your soul for sure. Anna, Amy. Um, And then you gotta think, well, what about nines, <laughs> you know? And so like, that's why I feel like I wouldn't want to put this with the eights, but I almost don't want to put it with the nines either, but I would definitely go 8.5, which I think is really good, especially for yeah. a newer song, not saying that that has any bearing on the quality of it, but it has a lot of bearing on your experience with it. Like if it's a new song, it's not like something like Anna and you've heard hundreds and hundreds of times and have like a zillion memories to, or like you connect to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would go 8.5. Yeah. Is
0: that, Nora, yeah. is that like a, what, what's like the usual <laughs> score that you give? The songs? Um, I, I mean, I'd say, Th- that that's about where a lot of people fall because if they like a song enough to pick it for an episode, good point. I, I tend to score the song slightly lower than my guests because I have to score all of them.
2: Of course. So oh, it, so now you're gonna score it.
0: Oh, I'm gonna score it, and um, I've been keeping track so that I know because this this episode I, you're gonna get to jump the queue a little bit, but this is the 52nd episode I've recorded. I've only released 33. Okay, so I'm way ahead. I'm way ahead because people are coming to me. I'm I, I, yeah, people want to be on this, so it's. I've been pretty lucky. Most podcasts are like, oh, I need a guest for this week. I'm I've got no shortage of guests, as you can You've see by the spreadsheet. Uh, so, but I think a lot of people would agree with you in that on the wiki there is a you can rate songs on there as well. Just one mm-hmm. to ten. There's no halves or anything. But uh, this song, uh, Erase is at number 18 out of 907 songs you can score. So it's stacking up against these old ones. Like the top 10 on here are pretty well set. We'll shift around a little bit. Birdhouse is first. Anna Ings, two. Don't Let starts three. She's an Angel's, four. Till My Head Falls off, five. Dr. Worm, six. Where Your Eyes Don't Go, seven. End of the tour, eight. That one's maybe a little surprising to me, the end of the tour. And then The Communists Have the Music. The first song off of My Murdered Remains snuck on. And so I think sometimes the new songs almost have an advantage. It's this weird battle between nostalgic love for songs and hearing a song fresh and be like, oh, sweet, I gotta go to the wiki and mash that 10. You know, they just like, you know, like a new one comes out like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, are you looking at it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. So it, it's got an average of nine point one one. One hundred and fifty two people have scored it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it's ahead of like Rhythm Section One Ed and I Palindrome I. It's it's ahead of class. Oh, I Palindrome I is amazing. Oh, it is. I That's Palindrome cool. I
2: is a lot like Erase, I think, too, because mm-hmm. it's just it's full of evocative imagery and yeah. like clever. Yeah. Wordplay.
0: Uh Anyway, if I'm going to score this song, so this this is a hard one for me. I love, uh, I would probably lean slightly towards the John Linnell side if I had to pick a John, if he made me. I'm mm-hmm. a big Linnell fan, a big sucker Same. for his melodies. And one thing I think is lacking is a strong keyboard presence. Like, I was like, wait, is there a keyboard? Um, I think, like, a sweet synth line added onto this song could take it over the top. Yeah. So it's a very guitar-based song for being a Lennon L song. So that's kind of a, a unique characteristic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I am a big fan of the song. I'm going to say, I will outright say and be honest, that Glean is n- not one of my favorite albums when it comes to the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of Nanobots. I'm a big fan of I Like Fun. For some reason, this one kind of slipped through the cracks for me. So Erase probably hasn't gotten as much uh, time in my ears as some of the other uh, starting tracks of albums. So, with all that said, I think I'm gonna go a seven point five. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it's it's below you, but I, you know, it's still it's still ranked above. The James K. Polk episode is about to come out. I'm releasing that the day that James K. Polk died it was June 15th, so I'm releasing it on oh. his, his death day. That I scored a seven point one, and I love that song. So this scored I above this scored above James K. Polk. So, like I said, I got to leave some headroom.
2: Yeah, I'm really surprised by this, these rankings. To be honest, I'm surprised that Hey Mister DJ. I thought he said we had a deal is so high, which is a, I love that song, yeah. and I'm really surprised where Your Eyes Don't Go is so high too. But anyway, whatever. Yeah, Destination Moon is a great song. I for, kind of forgot about
0: that. Oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah. My my theme songs have been uh, medleys. That one featured pretty prominently. My first memory uh, melody, medley. Every ten episodes, I, I'm creating a new medley. No, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so you gave it an eight point five. I gave it a seven point five. Both good scores. Very good song. I, I, I think we said. I think we've pretty. I, I think we've backed up our scores. Good. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on. That was uh, it, it's super fun. Thanks for giving me so much yeah. time too. This was a, it a longer episode. Uh... Well, you know, hopefully it's
2: interesting to listen to. But like, yeah, thank you. I mean, I feel like I could talk about, you know. The song for a lot longer. I feel like I could talk about a ton of other. They might be giant songs, like so. The, the idea of a podcast that's specifically about a specific they might be giant song is really great because you could really deep dive into all of them, and that's it's really cool thanks for asking me to be a part
0: of course so we're gonna see you for um nothing's gonna change my clothes we'll do that at some point yeah. down the line that'll be a fun yep. one so we got mm-hmm. you on a newer song we'll get you on a classic song yeah it, it'll be great yeah uh yeah my my listeners definitely don't mind long episodes but there have been times okay, Good.
2: awesome i'm gonna listen to more I'm like i i just subscribed now I've, I'm, i i kind of purposely didn't listen to that i just wanted to make sure i didn't have, like, too much of a... You know, I'm like the guy who tries to cover a race before hearing <laughs> a song. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but now, now I'm going to go back and listen to, to some of these.
0: Okay, yeah. Thanks again for being on, and uh, we'll see if uh, nothing's going to change my clothes a little down the line. Yep, absolutely. All right, see you later, Bob. All right, bye, Greg. Please join us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod, facebook.com slash thismightbeapodcast, email me this might be a pod at gmail and you can leave voicemails at 224-801-2930 if you really like what you're hearing and you want to support the pod please visit us at patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to uh donate and get some exclusive content and some merch thanks again for listening everybody box sidewalk and
1: return next First one gone, everyone on, bus out, lights out, one more